That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? Hello. <laughs> We're back again for another episode of That L Word Podcast. That L Word Podcast. So you can learn something about yourself and others and the people that you lead on a daily basis or that you hope to lead in the future. Yeah, and, and uh, you know we like to talk about things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. This is a, or don't talk about, right? Some people don't want, they avoid things, but sometimes people don't know what they should be discussing with themselves or with anyone else. I think the big one that we about to talk about today is, is important. And this will, it was, as we talked about when you're in transition or you're in a place of authority or you had a certain job or you have a certain skill set, like you can easily use this. Subject, which is identity, identity um, to define who you are. And I mean, we could just leave it at that and say, dude, we're just going to let you think about it for the rest of the episode. Drop the mic and walk out. <laughs> like identity, like uh, a lot of us get into a place where we define our like our existence. And I say a lot of us, but I mean it myself. <laughs> Uh, I've defined myself a couple times, and I know uh, a lot of our listeners have. And you've at least done it once. You could, it could be. You, it, it doesn't have to always be. Uh, identity doesn't have to be your job or your your skill set. You can say um, your identity is people identifying as you know women or men or like identity is identity. It's like what do you believe? How do you define yourself? Like what is that definition of you? Like who is Morgan? Who is Jody? Uh, who is so and so? Like wh- who is that? Like. Well, I I'm an athlete. That's a, you could be a di- defining yourself, or I'm um, you know I'm I'm a nerd, like I, like whatever that may be. Yeah, I think the key two words are I am. When you start with I am, okay, you're about that to was identify. A good that was a good spin on that one. Something, right? And so I had the great honor of. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let's. Make that the name of the podcast. What I am, I am. And All right, blank. I'm writing it down. I am, and just put like a like Ellipsis. blank. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so we solved <laughs> we solved that for the show notes. Uh, glad we got that out of the way. So I was about to say I had the great honor of speaking at Morgan's retirement. Yes. Uh, a month ago, whenever it was, and I I spoke about this. You know, and I said throughout the years, Morgan has identified as a master sergeant in the Marines, as an athlete, as a coach, as a father, as a husband. But how do you really define Morgan? Because if you were to ask him, out of all the things that you've been in your life, you would most likely answer, I am Morgan, when identifying yourself. Yeah, that's what everybody would do. Yeah. I I think I'll argue on that. I think a lot of people, what you were speaking to earlier, get caught up in, and we see this in the military, and I'm sure it's on the corporate side as well. I am whatever rank I am, or I. Oh, I thought like that before. That's like, what I'm I saying. am a marine. You know, not now. Nah, I'm Morgan. But that's the, yeah, so. How I'm do you totally get to Morgan. that place? And I think that's what this episode will really focus on is <clears throat> helping people understand the difference between what you do. And who you are. 
I'm gonna hit you with the short version first, then I'm gonna hit you with the long version. The short version is right. He said, "You, I'm me, and not and me exists. I, I exist everywhere, right? I can exist in everywhere. Identity doesn't exist everywhere, right? If you identify as a Marine, that only really matters in the Marine Corps. Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest with you. You identify as a CEO. It only identify. You can only identify as that." Long as you are the CEO, like you can still say you have the title, but you're not the CEO anymore. That's that's. So I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. I forgot what book I heard this at, but it was like it was a, it was an executive. And I think I I wonder if you're going to tell the story that just popped into my head. Go for it. Okay, and there was the executive that had to go speak at this organization. Yep, I know. Yep. And so when he went there, he was on first class, mm-hmm. right? There was somebody at the at the. Because he was the CEO or whatever. Let's just say he was the CEO. So he had first class. He got off the plane. There was somebody waiting there with his name. Then he had a special car that took him to a special place. Then they asked him specifically what kind of kind of coffee that he wanted. Um, they brought it to him in a, a, a nice uh, a nice mug. Nice mug. I right? literally just wrote this down for yeah. this story. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was one of the books that we both read. Written, I think I mean, it was read. a Sinek. Simon. I think it was one of Simon okay. Sinek's books. Um, and so... We went in. He went in and did that, and he spoke, and he got you know had everything in his dressing room and everything else. Well, he came back and he spoke afterwards, after he wasn't the CEO anymore, like the next year, the next year or something like that. He they, he flew in, coach, right? There was nobody waiting there. He had to take a cab into it, and then when he got there. And they asked him, did he want coffee? He said yes, and they showed him where the coffee pot was. And it was in paper cups. In paper cups. And the the moral of that story was, is like, you know, I am who I always will be, but my title or my position or what I, you know, that uh, my identity in that that sense doesn't, it will change in a heartbeat and people will treat you different. So if you don't know who you are, you'll be, I mean, at the end of the day, you lost, right? If you think you are defined by what, what you identify, if you your rank, your position, your, title. your status, your title, whatever it is, like you're going to be disappointed because that can all be taken away from you, right? But what can't be taken away is who you, who you, how you define yourself and who you are. And I think that's it's so funny. I wrote that down because I'm that glad was I got it out first. <laughs> but that's it's such a great it's such a great example because he was talking about. He he further went on to talk about that coffee mug was not for him as a person. It was for him because he held that title. Yep. And so then the next year when he no longer held that title, that coffee mug was for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it was a great tale of of realizing who you are as a person and not identifying as your title because your title will change. Your title will change. And I would even, you know, I was just thinking, okay, what titles wouldn't change? Well, for me, you know, hopefully, as, as long as my wife can put up with me, my title of husband won't change, right? Hopefully, and, hopefully and, never. Hopefully never. <laughs> and and my, my title of father will never change. However, the title of father will take on different meanings. Mm-hmm. Right, because my daughter is still in the house now, but only for a few more months. So then my my relationship with her will change. So even my identity as a father will change to some degree. You know, I uh, and throughout the years that's changed. Right, she's so self sufficient now and doesn't need all the things that she needed when she was little. Uh, so even and I think this is probably fair to say there are some people that their whole life is being a parent. Well, what happens when? The child leaves, and that's the same as it happens in, with couples all the time. It's like you that, know, yeah, 
they they identify as mother or father, and then they never have identified as a married couple. And then when the child the leaves, goes, then yep. it's like, oh, now what? And and that's <laughs> yeah. the same that can be seen in you know the corporate world or or whatever. Because if you are your title, your rank, or whatever it is, it doesn't matter who you are. At some point, that's going to come to an end. Yeah. At some point, that's you have part. to retire. <laughs> or that's what I'm dealing with now because I retired. Yeah. Like you know, the first we talked about this a long time ago. It's like uh, you you had to tell me because I, I I struggle with it a little bit and I'm like I mean because you you know you've seen in the leadership position I've seen I said in a, a very high, we both said in high leadership positions and you get to you get used to a certain level of um, interaction with people I guess that's the that's the most pleasant way to say it because <laughs> uh, I don't want to think you can't do this in the corporate world this is a different world but you get used to a certain thing and then um, coming from the inner city. As an inner city kid, for to have that level of respect from people is almost unheard of. You know what I mean? And um, it took a lot of soul searching for me. I, I knew I would be okay though. Like I, even when I was going through the identity crisis that I was going with, I I, I still told myself I was like, "This you will, you will work through this, Morgan." I wasn't saying, "Oh my God," you know. Some people just get stuck. I was like, "Nope, this is normal." People are telling you this is normal. Feel it. Be okay with it. Uh, but but there will be a change, and I've told myself that. Like I had to come to real, just be realistic with myself. And I think there's a great point there. There's a difference in respect for position versus the person. And as we look at leaders, leaders that I know I've respected, I do. You you, especially in the military setting, right? You have to respect their their rank mm-hmm. or their position or their title, but you don't have to respect the person. And as you transition out or move on from one position to another, how much respect have you gained and garnered as a person, as a human, as opposed to, and the people that struggle are the ones that it's all because of their title. So then when they move on and they're no longer that title, they're struggling because they, they don't have that identity as a human or as, as, as the person they were, whatever rank they were. I got lucky. I I think I got really lucky. Um, I don't know how it happened, but or maybe it could have been just me and, and you know by you know osmosis, or whatever it might have been. But I noticed that part where I, there was a part of my career where it was just all rank driven. It was all position driven, and um, I was taught by somebody to start caring about those around me, not just. Not just dic- not being a dictator, mm-hmm. but I'll actually start, you know, having some emotional, being emotionally invested in my team and the people around me, and that's when I started to kind of shift things. And the people prior to that, I don't even have contact with most of the people anymore, right? Because that it was it was based off this false sense of identity, right? Yeah, imagine what they would say about you now. Yeah, the, most of them, I, I I've actually. Even people I dated back in those days, right? I'm not even because I I thought I was just one person and I was never myself. But when I made that shift, those people were at my retirement, mm-hmm. right? It was it was just you, you, I can literally see the, the distinct line of before and after the change. What impact I had on the environment that I was in and the relationships that I had. I mean, they were so um, they were so heartfelt. You know what I mean? They were in. I would tell you for those people that are struggling with identity, like if you if you think you're defined by what you've done or the things that you have or 
the position that you hold, you're in for a rude awakening. Because nobody <laughs> cares who you were. You know, that's that's always kind of the, the big joke in our house is, you know, do you know who I was? Right? Like, nobody cares. I go home, and, and guess what? Even now, like, I'm Coach Morgan in the triathlon world or, or I'm Coach Morgan in the professional world, right? And these places, they like, oh, Coach Morgan's here. But I go home, and they like, Daddy? Yeah. Morgan? Yeah. Hey, take out the trash. Yeah. I'm like, do you know who I am? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, the, I never said that before, but I'm just saying. You know. Well, and, you know, <laughs> I, I'm thinking back to my, my career mm-hmm. when I was in the military, and Honestly, I always felt like it was cheating if somebody was doing something based on my rank. If I was asking somebody to do something, I wanted them to do it because they believed in the team that we were building and the relationship that we had. If they were doing it solely based off the rank that I held, I felt like that was cheating. No, I, I, same thing. I, I, I lead people, and even if, if I led them now, I would think if I called on them, would they help Morgan? Right. Now, would they help Massar Lattimore? Would they help Morgan? And if I can't, in my mind, feel confident with that, I'm not doing something right. Mm-hmm. That's the key. But no, I'm I'm totally 100% with that. So then what what advice would you give leaders that are trying to build that or I don't want to say build or, or develop that identity that is beyond their title? If somebody If somebody is listening right now and thinking, you know what? I do identify as the CEO, and what does that really mean? <laughs> oh, this is about to go. I don't know if this is leadership stuff, but we about to get into some deep conversation yeah, on this yeah. one. Um, if if you're looking to uh, drop the identity, I, all I can do is only only talk about things that I know about and, I, and that I've done myself. And so, but but I do believe this is be a very uh, impactful statement that I'm about to give is is that you you have to. Let go of all the things you think you should be, right? And accept who you are. This is the hard part because most of us are hiding behind these titles because it, the, without the title, we're lacking something. We're lacking power. We're lacking confidence. It's like um, being in front of people, and you know, if you're just if I was Morgan in front of them, then like, I I can't command the room. But if I'm a Marine in front of them, I can command the room. Like I like I automatically adopt those traits and and, and values of of an of a title that make me somewhere. It's, you know, it's almost like li- like drinking and having liquid courage. Well, because then I, people have expectations that they're putting on top of you based right. on that title. Right, right. And so the the, the what I would tell people to do is. You have to create a life for yourself away from the title. That's what I did. That's what I know that I went through some the change, but I've been in the military. I was in the military since I was 17 years old, 18 years old, whatever that time frame was. That's all I've ever done. So there, I, I was letting go of a very big portion of my life. But what I, what I did well is seven, eight, nine years ago, I decided to start the preparation to transition. So – and you know this about me. You don't. I don't talk about me being a Marine that often. You know, on podcasts or somebody asks, but it's not something I'm always advertising every dang on day like some people do. I stopped doing that so much that people didn't even know I was active duty Marine. Most people thought all I did is coach for a living, mm-hmm. right? But that helped me let go of what I, you know, it, it did help. It assisted in letting go of what I thought, like, I would never be – because when people say like when I t- if I told you when I t- when I told you 
or my uh, my boss. I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you would tell me, like, bro, you got all this. Like the look you just gave yeah. me right now. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? Everybody would look at me. But it was that was a feeling. But I had already literally created my. That was a fear-based feeling. Fear, yeah, it was fear-based. And, right? and from a place of scarcity, like a scarcity yeah, mindset. Big, yeah, I was, I was going to be poor again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I've been homeless and on the streets, and I was like, I'm. But I'll never. I know in my heart, I'll never go back and do that. You know why? Because I work at McDonald's as general damn manager or something before I I go and 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 lack something that I want because I know how to go get it now. Would you say mm-hmm. there's a difference? And as you were talking, I was thinking there's a uh, between being proud of something because there are a lot of people out there that are very proud of, you know, we use military service as an example, right? I'm, or they're proud that they work at a certain company. However, the, where's the distinction between being proud of what you do or what you, where you work or, or whatever and using that as your sole identity? There's, there is a distinct line there that it comes has back to, to be that, drawn. It comes back to that same thing, right? You're missing something. Mm-hmm. You're, left, you're left wanting every time. Um, I, I learned over time that I think I realized that when I left this place that if I didn't decide on who I was as a person before, then I would I, I would I could be a, you know a victim of suicide or or I can be you know deeper in depression or anxiety or things like that. I saw I literally saw what the what what not letting your identity go created. Right in service members, they I'm a marine or I'm a you know I'm a I'm an operator and then they like you can't let it go because you've never allowed just you you don't even know who you are. Uh, I have a, I had a therapist tell me this where if you imagine a, a candle on a table and the your you know military life your military service is like it's books and you just just pile those books up 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 on that candle it can't shine. Mm-hmm. Right, and the only way to get back to who you are is to take all those layers of what they told you you were, right? Because being a marine, you're not being yourself. People say, "Oh, I'm, that's who I am." That is not. That's what they told you you should be. That's who. That's who everybody has told you should be, and you've been indoctrinated into an organization. No matter if it's corporate, if it's Navy or Air Force or whatever, it be Boy Scouts, right? But the, what I've learned is, no matter what you say you are. When you take all those things away, and I, like I told a, a client the other day, if I put you in the, if I put you in the room with nothing by yourself, are you still important? She said, "I don't know," because everything she's like, "Well, I don't have anything. I'm not there with anybody." We're defining what we, who we are by what is given to us, or what we're in charge of, or what we have, and that's not healthy. No, and all of those things are extremely important, right? Because that it factors into to what we do, but not necessarily who we, we are. are. Right. And I think a very important thing I know for me was, and I'll tell you, there was a sentinel moment for me, and I'll, I'll share that in a second. But realizing that the machine is going to keep going without you, as as far as actual like, information, releasing your title <laughs> or releasing that grasp. And I was working uh, as an instructor at a school, you know, a long, long time ago, and. I spent like a whole year with this three or four other people. We had a really good team and we were rewriting the curriculum and doing all this different stuff, right? To make the school better, right? to make the training better. And so, I mean, it crushed my life. I, I was, I kind of quit racing at the time and all that because all I was focused on was, was doing this. Mm-hmm. Left that school, 
right? Transitioned out, uh, moved on to a different position. And the guy who replaced me, I saw him the next year and I said, oh, cool. You know, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're rewriting the, rewriting the, the, the curriculum. The same thing I'd been doing last year that I'd poured like my heart and soul in. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that moment that, especially in the military, this big machine is, is going to keep going no matter what. And I had actually given up a ton of what I would normally be doing because I was putting so much effort into that because I thought it mattered so much. And it, it's not that it was insignificant. It did matter. They were improving on what we had done, but it certainly did not require the amount that it took away from my personal life. Right. And the things that I was giving up to do that. There's a book about that. Uh, we read, I think you, I think I gave it to you um, or told you the title essentialism. Oh, I love essentialism. It's, it talks about that. Yeah. Right? It literally talks about like how we, we dive deeper into things and we, we lose so much. It could be health. It could be personal relationships. It could be your own, it could be your own sanity, your sanity. Right. And, uh, and, and, but how unhealthy it is, you know, and yeah, Talked about the guy in the book. He was successful, but guess what? He was so engulfed in what his and his. Guess what? His corporation was successful and everything else, but he was he messed up his body so much from lack of care and his personal life that he literally could never go back to work. Mm-hmm. Remember that story? Yeah, yeah. He literally yeah. never can go back to work. We don't understand that sometimes we get so caught up in with the identity or. Again, here's the word, ego. Yeah, I was right? just thinking ego, man. I'm like, here it is. The identity is the ego, right? <laughs> that you go into that and then what you what you you forget about everything. And again, that's that was that time frame I told you about my life where I I if if I had to really look back, that time and this is the craziest part, that time frame, if we go backwards from where that change I think occurred. I literally reaped the reward the rest of the years because I didn't do anything else after that. But I still got promoted two more times. Right. Right. Because I had I had engulfed myself in like it was I didn't smile. I didn't show emotion. I did everything that they said a, a Marine should be, should do. And it got me to a certain point. But what I again, what I keep talking about is I got there and then I still felt empty. Right. You still felt lost. And then with with that that loneliness or that loss. Like you, you question like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And if I, if this is all that I am, and then you realize that it won't last forever, then is, what? Then what? And this is why, like, people have traumatic um, issues when leaving positions. I mean, when why service members within the first year are more likely to commit suicide. When people leaving corporate jobs like that don't even feel like they, they 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 do the exact same thing. They commit suicide, start drinking, start gambling because they're still trying to find their purpose and they're trying to create those endorphins by by doing so. But if we do the work within ourselves, we allow ourselves to shine. Or if we realize that there's so much more to us than we even know, because most of the time we don't do it because we think we we think. That that identity is who we are, or, or we are good with where we at. But if you realize that you have so much more potential that you haven't tapped into, and look deeper within that, then things will change for you, right? Then you'll start being able to identify as who you are, not who they say you are, or who your title is. Exactly. Yeah, and I always kind of use the litmus of if I were to, you know, 
and the military is a great example. So if I were to go to a, 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 one of these towns where there's no military and so you're kind of an anomaly, we're used to towns where everybody is knows the military because, right. you know, it's the basis right there, right? But if you go to one of these towns where there's no military around and you meet somebody and they say, oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a this rank. And they're like, oh, cool. Don't mean that. It doesn't mean anything yeah. to them, right? But what does mean something to them is are you a good human? Are you going to connect with me? Are you going to have a great conversation with me? Are you going to, you know, maybe build a relationship or whatever? That is the essence of of real identity. So for me, the litmus is if I were to say that I did something or I, I, you know, I'm using my air quotes for those of you that can't see it, that I am something, meaning a rank or a title in a place that's out of context and somebody gives me the shrug and says, that's cool, bro, then it. How important is that really in my life? But like, think about it like this: like, <laughs> like we're we're a world full of enablers, right? Uh, of ego strokers. So, uh, use movie stars, anybody like that, where you want that position because you've been taught and programmed to say the only way you are valued is if you become this and and a and recognizable you, right, type of thing. A right a recognizable and I, I struggle with it like I want to be one of the number one coaches around right within my industry and so like do I want to do that like what and I have to and I've asked myself this question is it is it from a good place or is it from a bad place because yes I enjoy bringing value to people but am I looking for something that is not wholesome? I think, to me, also a, a good sign of a, a solid human is reputation, and the highest compliment you can ever be paid is the one you're not there to hear. Well, that was deep. So, I would like to hear it, though, y'all, if you could tell me. <laughs> so when your name is brought up right. in a conversation that you're not there to hear, mm, is somebody going to say, oh, Morgan, he's a great guy. Morgan's a great guy. Right, as opposed to oh he's a great master or oh he's a great coach or oh he's a great whatever. If you're interacting with people on a deeply human level, the things that are said about you when you're not there to hear them are are um, are relative to to mm-hmm. your identity as a human. They're going to be more as, truthful. Yeah, a lot, I mean, the majority is going to be way more truthful when you're not around about who you are. That's right. Yeah. And and what are they saying about you? You know, is it is it the relationships that you've built? Is it, you know, things that, that you've provided or done for people? Those are, are deeply human things as opposed to, you know, the rank or the title that you hold. I mean but that that's what it but the only one of the one of the ways, I didn't say the only, one of the ways that we prevent that is it's not only us as individuals, how we look at ourselves, right, and how we identify is is what is that part where I go back to is what are we as people as a the, as human beings saying this is what it means to be somebody to feel a certain way to have a certain thing we have to stop glorifying glorifying positions you know um, where we talk about how do we value each other. Just because I have a bigger office, does that mean I'm more valuable to you? We, you know, um, or how do we show other people that they're valued without saying you have to be this? And we do it all, especially we do it a lot, especially when it comes to work. We talk about college or certain, you know, or credential. Credentialing in itself is like, 
well, you're only valuable at this. You're only good at this if you've done this and have this. There's two parts of that. One, there's safety for some industries because sure. they don't want yeah, anybody you, doing the craziness. right? But then there's that other part where you say that this title and this piece is the only thing that's, that, you know, means you should listen to somebody. Like people, I've had people say, well, you know, man, you're better than my counselor. But then there's other people that's like, oh, well, you, you know, are you trained to do that? Am I trained to talk to people? Like I need, I need to be trained to do that. Like I didn't know that was a thing, right? And but like some people think that way. Like if you don't have this, no matter what you're not, you know. And I've been to how many doctors have you been to that you're like, eh, I probably can practice medicine way better, right? <laughs> it is right. So it's really realizing and stop putting this, stop glorifying positions, but put value in the people in the positions. Yeah, and I think I was. I think recognition of achievement or, you know, credentialing or whatever or titles holds true to the, the, the degree that that person has done something to get to that place. Mm-hmm. But how are they as a person? And, and this comes into leadership a lot, right? In the sense of, you know, you are this rank or this title in the military or in your organization. However, what type of human are you? I have to follow you because you're in that position. But do I actually have to like really value and respect you as a leader? And that's what a lot of folks face is. And I think that's where people come into that, you know, sometimes the draconian or dictatorial leadership style where they're pointing and saying, you know, you have to, you have to do this because, because I am this person, right? You know, I am this title. But those are the people that as soon as they leave that title, that organization, and they no longer have it, they struggle. Mm -hmm. Because everything that they've ever been able to get anybody to do was based on their position, not on them as a human. And that's why I said earlier, I always felt like it was cheating if somebody did something based on my rank. I wanted them to do it because they believed in me or believed in what we were building together not because I had a rank. So uh, how do you do that? Like how do you how do you lead with respect and compassion and not lead with your title? Like some people actually use their title to lead. That's the problem, mm-hmm. right? So how what does that look like for you to like what would you do to what's it what's that word I'm looking for honor um well, I, I think I get where you're driving at, right? So I would to get say, that, you know, to get yeah. that type of reaction from them. Well, and that's that's it's respect is a two way street, no matter what. Humility plays a huge part in that. Back to the old saying: if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. So if you're leading a group of people, always honor the knowledge and and the expertise that they bring in. When you when you do those things, you're going to start to build those types of relationships where people realize you value them. And when they realize that you value them, then they're not looking at you based solely on your rank. They're looking at you as another human who's saying, hey, man, I, I totally respect the fact that you've got all this knowledge. And what do you think about this? Leaders that are solely leading off their title or their position are usually the ones that think nobody else is as smart as them. And usually the ones that are very deeply entrenched in a mindset of this is the way we've always done it, instead of saying, hey, what do you all think? And it's, it's again, those people are the ones that are going to have trouble when they 
leave that. And I would also argue that those are probably the people that have trouble in other areas of their life because they're, they're used to a certain manner of respect or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. that comes along with their title. Right. And when they're forced to be a human being with other human beings who don't give a, a flip about them being a CEO or them being a, you know, whatever rank they are, they have a hard time connecting human to human. Yeah. No, I, I, I was just thinking about like two or three bosses in my head. Right. <laughs> that I, that I ran through with that and, they would call if they call me now, I probably wouldn't even answer. It could be, and it could be an emergency. And I think that's a that's a key, right? That's a key element is when you leave whatever it is you're doing that maybe you you were using as your identity, when you leave that, what are the relationships look like that you built? And if if the relationships are solid, then there's a good chance that you were doing a great job there. And I would also offer that you could even see that while you're in those positions and how you interact with people. So if people are looking for, you know, things to take away from this podcast, it's how are, how are people reacting to you in whatever position you're in now? And if they're not connecting with you on a deeply human level or on, on a more personal level, then ask yourself, am I, am I leading because of my title or my rank or am I leading from, from my heart because I really care about people? Yeah, no, I think that was a transition for me because I still deal with people um, on a regular basis. When you know, and it it feels different um, that I am really focused on the person, um, and 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 it's in my with my style of coaching, uh, professional or athletic, I. I'm deeply invested in the human experience, the emotional experience. And I've learned that that interaction with me transcends our interaction, right? It goes everywhere else in their lives. Yeah, I was just thinking about modeling. Yeah, and, I, and, that's, and that's the piece, is, right? I don't want, if I bring something to you, I don't want what I give you in this 30 minutes just to be you in this 30 minutes. I want to bring something of value to you where you become the better person. I always say this about um, athletes. It's like we always say, oh, the triathlete, the triathlete this, the athlete this. I say, but guess what? All these triathletes, their mothers, their fathers, their sisters, (coughs) their brothers, they're they're all kinds of different things. And so if we don't don't treat them like humans, right, then they don't know how human they are. And I think I've shared this before. I've I've had a couple of experiences when I was racing, doing uh, ultras and also triathlons, where I was I was that person who I was starting to identify as a triathlete or as a as an ultra runner, and instead of it being something that I did, it was who I was. And I start I got injured and was not able to train for a race that, and it st- I was starting to get depressed about it. COVID. Yeah. COVID. Not for me, because I was I was good. But when they took away races, a lot of people struggled. Oh, they lost their mind. They struggle is a, is a minimizing it. Like they lost their mind. What am I gonna do? And it was good to see for me that the work that I had already done with my athletes, they were fine. I like I literally didn't I, I maybe lost like one or two because life happens. But like I literally retain 90% of my athletes through the pandemic when there were no racing. Mm-hmm. 
And I believe it's because I wasn't coaching the athlete, right? Because there's there was no other piece to it. Is I was coaching the person to be good at everything that they do. Well, and I would also <laughs> argue or or add, I guess, that they're not identifying as a triathlete. They maybe are saying, I'm a healthy human who likes fitness. Yep. Right. Yep. So there's that deeper level. It's not a title. It's it's what I do to stay fit, healthy, and sane. Or the people then we go to a corporate sense. The people when we took away the office buildings and all that stuff and you couldn't manage people and do all your things, like people didn't shine as much. You had to get out of the box. You had to get out of the box. You had to learn how to speak better, do things better. And you just can't, as, as we both know, you just can't get on um, Zoom and just go, no, dry eyes, right. red eyes, right? You got to be, so you got to put more energy when you're on video and everybody wasn't capable of doing it. Or, or how do you leave people that you don't see? Well, you had to rely, they had to start <clears> relying on, on the people. people. Yeah. Right. And if you didn't have a relationship with them, you don't know what to expect. Yeah, you have no idea what to expect because you 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 didn't build a relationship when you could. You just dictated what they what you wanted them to do because you felt that's what your position held. But if you knew who you were and you connected with like another human to another human, right? You you a lot of people were way were better off in that, and they had you know they 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 grew. Um, so that's that uh, that that phrase where I learned it's called post traumatic growth. They went through something crazy, but they learned from it, mm-hmm. right? They they didn't go woe is me and I don't know what I'm gonna do without racing. I'm like, if racing is what define your life, you need to reevaluate your life. Yeah. <laughs> so something that it came up for me just now was how people in certain positions or titles interact with people outside of that space is also a good indicator. Or don't. Or don't. And that's what I'm saying. It's a good indicator of where you... So if you're asking yourself, again, looking for tidbits, um, you know, if you see somebody out in town, whether you're the CEO or whether you're, you know, a certain rank in the military, or whatever your title is, when you see people out in town, do they approach you? What's the interaction like? You know, are you, are you Bob from accounting then? Are you, you know, Bob the CFO? Uh, are you the CFO or are you Bob, who is the CFO? I've heard people like that or either two, 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 two ways. Either I see them and I'm like, avoid, mm-hmm. right? Or they see me and they don't even engage. Yep. Or the other person who sees you and, and says, hey, Morgan, it's good to see you. This is my wife and these are my kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, what are you guys up to? Right? Again, that's taking the title right. away, and I'm interacting, and that's my identity. My identity is Jody, and I'm interacting with you as Morgan when I see you outside of, you know. And, of course, there's still that respect, like, hey, that's the CFO or, or the CEO or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. But it always felt weird to me, and, and I know it's a military thing, right? So if somebody sees you out in town, for me, they'd be like, hey, Command Master Chief. And I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> and I would tell people, and I know there are people in the military that will argue this with me, but I would tell them, hey, man, I'm Jody out here, right? Because I'm a human. But the people that would argue it have no other identity. And that's my point. And so, <laughs> you know. Because if you respect me, you know who I am. Like, we go, I call you Jody, and then I call you Master Chief when I will see you. And we turn, it's, it's professional courage, it's respect. It's understanding your environment, right? And if that's you know if that's how you define your relationship with another person, it, it is only this, then 
you're gonna like, you're gonna struggle. You're not connecting yeah. with them as a person. And but, but like if you look at it, like I seen you when you retired. Right? I, I know we all go through our little thing, but you handled it pretty pretty well based off some other people I've talked to. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I think that comes to like who you are. Right? And that's I've always been that way. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's the community I grew up in, or I don't know. The Chiefs community has a lot to do with that because you know behind. In the Chiefs mess, it's all but first you are names. Not and, only Chiefs mess, but also as a Sark, right? That that's a the operator world is a little bit more um, personal. Well, because you respect the other people as as people first and yep. what they bring to the team, and you know, even now I'll get like texts or emails or, or messages from people that are listening to the podcast. And they'll say, "Hey, Master Chief, you know, I really enjoy the podcast." And I always respond, "Hey, first off, it's Jody." I'm just Jody now, right? Um, because I want to connect with those people. You know on that's a human not going to change, right? No, I know. And, and <laughs> some would argue that hey, there's still that level of respect that they are acknowledging that that's what you were, and that's cool. That's that's where I was when I retired, but that is not who I am now, right? It's no longer will ever be you again, right? And it's it's I I want to connect with people on a human level because I am me. There's a lot of things I do. There's a lot of things that I've done. There's a lot of things that I will do, but at the core of it, I'm still me. Because unconsciously or psychologically, like when we use those titles, that separates us. It is, and that's that's always my point. Yeah, is it don't separates call me Master Chief yeah. out in town because they, you can't. Because like, that's one thing I look forward to. Because I met a lot of junior Marines that I was I would hang out with. I would kick you. I would go hiking with. There's the one you know, but but that you couldn't do that then. But if you keep calling me Master and you can't like. Like, that means you can't let go, and it's still this awkwardness. I want I want to be Morgan to you, mm-hmm. or I want to call you by your first name because, like, we have a friendship. It doesn't have nothing to do with the title because even for me, when you call me that, I feel obligated in a certain different way. Like, when you say mass on, I'm like, ah, I don't want to be in charge. That's right. <laughs> That's want, right. I want this just to be me and you. I don't want to be the head of the table type thing. You know? And realizing full and well that there's, you know, fraternization stuff. And we're not talking about all that, right? Like there are certain times when you just, because of the position you hold, you cannot hang out with certain people, especially in the military. Uh, Or in a corporate sense. Yeah. And in the corporate sense. And, you know, so there are definitely lines that have to be drawn, but that does not, should not prevent you from still connecting with people on a human level. So that when they see you out in town at the grocery store, they feel compelled to walk up and say, hey, how are you doing? Let me introduce you to my spouse. That's when you know you're connecting with people on a good level, is when they're genuinely happy to see you and are not running the opposite I, I, you way. You know who I admire? She just um, the, she just sold the company, but um, Spanx, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah, is it, is it Sarah? Blakely or Sarah something? Blakely, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, I love it. Like when you see her interact with her with her team, uh, she's always doing things for them. That's how I know. Um, but like, she's everybody's always happy around her, right? She brings like so much light to, and it might be just on TV, but I don't think they would be shining that light on it over and over again if it wasn't true. Like she's just a good a good human being, and she takes care of people. And she, and I think if you're looking for um, someone to model. And it, when it be, when it comes to like the being your authentic self, mm-hmm. that's what we're coming down to. Being your authentic self, find a find a leader that everyone gravitates to, and somebody that when you think of them or think of their name, they put a smile on your face. That's even better. If somebody puts that's a smile on better. your face, yep. they're yep. probably somebody to to look up to. 
And then huh. likewise. I'm sorry. It's going to be a lot of y'all are going to be unfriending then. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot, you know, the, the flip side of that is what are you doing to put a smile on somebody else's face when they think about you? What are you doing to, um, to be the person that people are saying good things about when you're not around? Well, I'm a, I, we're going to end right there. Yeah. Let's end right there. This is the key. This is the this, uh, this is what I want you to do. I, if you want to be a better leader, if you want to lead authentically, right, and you don't, you don't want to be – your identity is not based off your title, what are you doing to put smiles on the people's faces that you come into contact with on a daily basis? It could be home. It could be you know, within the office. It could be wherever you spend most of your time with people. Are you, ask yourself the question, putting a smile on their face? And if you're not, ask yourself the the next question is, what do I need to do to grow as a person to do so? That's right. And if if you're putting a smile on people's face, then I think it's safe to say that you can identify as a good human. Right. Change one, affect the many. All right, everybody, that wraps us up for another episode of That L Word. And we're out of here. But before that, make sure at the end of this, you go back and leave us a review, give us some stars, give, give us some feedback on social media. And the most important, share this with someone right now. Don't don't wait. Share it with someone. Just go copy the link and send it to them and say, I think you should listen to this. This has been great for me. I want you to, I want to share the same thing with you. Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out, everybody. See you. Bye. <laughs>